I am the nefarious Mike A. Sims, and this is yet another episode of Why Did I Like It? Now, I'm also doing the visual component, as always, so you can see me, because today I'm playing with some toys. What? Why? Why are you playing with toys? Aren't you a big man? Aren't you a man? Well, yes, I am a man. Not much of one, but I try. That doesn't stop the fact that when I was younger, I used to play with these two ditties right here. In my right hand, I have a Lights Out. In my left hand, I have a Quiz Whiz. Oh no, Mike, we're going to jump right into this? But I will give you a little backstory, all right? You baby birds ready to eat? Baby birds ready? Big Eagle Mike is about to feed y'all. So I decided to figure out why did I like Tiger Electronics for a very simple reason. I had a ton of them. Uh, okay, maybe that's, an, that's a gross over-exaggeration, but I did have a lot of them and a lot of people did. So Tiger Electronics, for those of you who are not in the know, I think they still exist, but they were a company that made handheld games. Now, of course, we all know Game Boys, we know PSPs, we know uh, PlayStation Vista, Vita, whatever it was called. We know tiny, we know phones now, but back in the day, before sophistication, even be- nay, before society was even populated by laws, before rulers, before kings, a land before time, not the movie with the dinosaurs. Before time itself, there was a void. This is when Tiger Electronics existed. Why do I keep going on these tangents? So Tiger Electronics was this company that made handheld games for kids. Usually they would license something like Beauty and the Beast. I had a Batman the Animated Series one. And those things would be little digitized sprites doing the same motions over and over again. You'd furiously tap these two buttons on either side of it. Wait, okay. I didn't even say the shape of it. What made it either side? So the most popular ones were these square, kind of like, they look like old calculators, but yeah, they had like the green screen, like a calculator and they were square and they had like artwork from whatever licensed property it was. So I'll use mine, for example. I had the Adventures of Batman and Robin, which ran on, you know, Fox Kids for a while before going to WB. Very popular. And in this game, you play as a sprite of Batman that would move like, bam, 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 while it moved. And that's me in an audio podcast doing a visual uh, bit, but still it was uh, him moving his arm three different positions. And in those three different positions, he would defend Batman, defend, I don't even know, the Batcave, the city of Gotham, I guess, against random villains that would pop up also in digital sprites. It was not the best technology, but I'll tell you right now, I'm sure I'm sure I have it somewhere because clearly based on the, the amount of stuff that I've been able to pull out of my life, I have everything. I mean, granted, I had to find the Gigapet again, which I'm pretty sure was the one that I lost. And also I had to buy those Pogs, which I would never buy that much Michael Jordan Pog paraphernalia ever. I don't think even Michael Jordan owns that many uh, Michael Jordan Pogs. Why would he own them? That You know, that's like when Nicki Minaj said you couldn't get a Michael Kors if you were hooking up with Michael Kors. I would hope that the person who's, you know, in a relationship with Michael Kors wouldn't just want a bag because that's like me giving somebody a skit for their birthday if we're together, which I wouldn't do because you pay for my skits. Anyway, so <laughs> lack in LA, Tiger was primarily known for that. But then they started to veer off and make, I want to say they were, they were also handheld games, but they were, I guess they were educational. You know what? They were educational because the two games that I'm using in particular were actually very, way more advanced than I realized until I started doing research. Now, I know I said for this podcast, I wouldn't do research, but you know, listen, guys, I lied, you know, like a liar. Come on. I also said I was going to do Jingle All The Way and I did Teen Wolf. So at this point, (laughs) this podcast is just whatever I feel like doing. I feel like as long as you keep the foundation of it, like I don't introduce rules into this world and then forego the rules. No, the lying is a part of the rules as far as what I'll do next. 
Do I usually go to something from my past and figure out why did I like it? Yes, that's the basis of the show. As long as I don't suddenly turn this into some weird like political podcast or like a comic book adventure podcast, then I'm pretty much, you know, it's it's fair game. I'm pretty I'm pretty good with uh, what it is that we're doing. So, but the point is Tiger Electronics would veer into more educational, actually everything. Okay. So, at some point in the 90s, maybe the 80s, cartoons were rightfully so chastised or whatever because they had become you know what i think it's so early in the episode for this brian put a bell in here it's rant time so the 80s and the 90s or the 80s more particular were just filled with cartoons that had one purpose and one purpose only and that was to sell toys we're talking about he-man transformers she-ra all of those things were just made to sell toys to kids Cartoons were glorified commercials. They'd have very loose, very thin plots, but a lot of colors and a lot of characters because the more characters you made, the more toys you could sell. I fell victim to this because I was a huge and still am a huge toy person. I don't collect them anymore, but I still do love to get my son toys. He's only into cars, so I mean, whatever's a little different. But the point is, I still love to go and see toys. I still like the fact that toys are a thing. But these cartoons, they were making it so the kids were, were just, obsessed, myself included, were obsessed with getting the toys of these characters because you would be watching these cartoons. Like, for example, you'd be watching Chippendale's Rescue Ranger and then a commercial would come on for a new Batman toy featuring Batman, Mr. Freeze, and then there's Ice Survivor Batman and you press the button and the wings pop up, plop. And then um, he would knock Mr. Freeze into these toy blocks of ice. Now, side note, if you ever saw these commercials from the 80s and 90s and you know where I can get those small blocks that they would knock these superhero bad guys into... Please let me know. I'll buy them right now. They would just have these blocks set up. And though you couldn't find the blocks anywhere, but they would be a part of like, you know, these little commercial you know segments where the kid would be like shooting the projectile from, you know, the, the superhero's weapon that they come with. And then it would hit the bad guy. The bad guy would fly into the blocks. And I'm like, I want those blocks. My parents were like, what blocks? What are you talking about? Those blocks. What blocks? What blocks? What are the blocks there? My parents are Jamaican. What are the blocks there? We don't see no block them. We mean block. What are the block there? Any real Jamaican is like, that's the worst possible accent I've ever heard in my life. And to you guys, I'm not going to apologize. No way. You cannot accent shame me. This is America. Rock, flag, and eagle. Anyway, when they inundated us with basically glorified commercials, kids were just, we were ad nauseum asking our parents. But if you remember, and this is a little continuity for you guys, a little continuity for that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I almost cursed to catch myself. A little continuity, because I, I don't. I don't know why I was tempted to just say a curse word. I had to literally like, censor myself. I don't curse. By, like, I just don't. I don't know why I was just tempted to do it just there. Rap music. I blame hip hop. But, you know, you know they, they would... If you remember from the previous episode when I was discussing the Gigapet, I said how we didn't really just get things to get things. You had to earn it by either being born, your birthday, or by Santa saying, deeming you worthy of uh, enjoying your life by you not being naughty. So you would just want these things. So if you got like a couple dollars from, you know, doing chores or whatever, you'd probably go and buy a toy. So some governing television council was like, okay, listen, all right. If you're going to have children's programming, you have to dedicate at least, you know, some time to it actually being educational. That's where you got those. So like, you know, later on you get shows like Hysteria and Animaniacs even started going towards it where they would have a lot of like, you know, references. And you had just, uh, I think, I can't remember any of the other shows, but you had a lot of educational shows and you could tell they're educational because in the corner would say uh, like Arthur and even Dragon Tales. You'd see I.E., informative educational. So the shows would like, so the networks would have to by decree of some television council, 
put at least some segment or some semblance, I should say, of education onto these TV shows. And as somebody who was watching it, watching all the like Fox Kids, the Kids WB, ABC's One Saturday Morning religiously for like the mindlessness, the humor, the characters to suddenly just have something where you're they're trying to teach you in the middle of it. I mean, I liked Hysteria. I did. I loved Hysteria, which was an, an animated cartoon from Steven Spielberg in the vein of Animaniacs and Tiny Toons. I loved it. But I was a more, I'm always going to be more of an action head, even to this day. So it was kind of just, wasn't disheartening as much as it was like, oh, okay. So it became kind of missable because, you know, you get from school home, you go you get from school home. What was that? You go home from school and you're, you're still, your mind's still rattling from, you know, school. And all of a sudden they're, you know, you put on a cartoon and they're discussing, you know, Abraham Lincoln and the Gettysburg Address. And you're like, oh, I wanted to see Batman punch somebody in the face. Why am I just using Batman as the only reference? I didn't even watch Batman recently, so I don't know why he keeps coming up. But either way, rant over. Yeah, so Tiger Electronics. I could have the timeline wrong as far as when the handhelds came out, but I but very prominently pushed and promoted were, oh, look at those P words. Alliteration, my friend. Alliteration is your friend. You know, and also, I mean, the games were kind of, they just were repetitive as far as like what you could do with the Batman game, the handhelds, uh, the, the LCD games, the Tiger Electronic Handheld games. So I guess they were trying to veer outside of that by introducing the different handheld ones that were more educational, like Lights Out and Quizwiz. And I'll explain what they are in a little bit, because you had to have a Quizwiz to be a wise guy. That was the actual slogan for the Quizwiz. So when these new games came out, Lights Out came out in 95, I'm looking at the back of it, and Quizwiz came out in... 93. Oh, goodness. How old am I? Old enough. Yeah, they were, you know, trying to teach us without even teaching us. Okay, so let's go into these games. I'll go over Lights Out first. Now, Lights Out, which is my favorite of the two, because I would play Lights Out all the time. The premise behind this one was that you have this five by five, which one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five by five grid. Uh, or row of buttons, uh, or the lights, but they're just not, yeah, they're lights, they're lights. There's five by five row of lights. So there's 25 lights in general. Uh, in general. <laughs> I just said a factual number. This in general, this it's five by five. So there's approximately 25 ones. That's not how math works. A five times five is possibly 25. It's 100% 25 lights. Now people have lost themselves. Now it was released in 1995, obviously. And the game, like I said, has the 5x5 grid. When the game starts, a random pattern of these lights are switched on. So in this grid of 25 lights, you might have like an L shape. Three of the lights going downwards and then two lights going uh, horizontally. So that would make the shape of the L. So you'd ha- so it'd be five lights on all together in the shape of an L. And you'd have to press the button, press the lights themselves to turn off the lights. Hence the name Lights Out. Now, here's where it got tricky. When you would press the button, the lights would usually split. So now you press one light and it becomes two lights. Then you press those two and they become three or four lights. So you'd have to move those lights to different patterns, usually towards the corner of the grid or the edges of the grid. And when you pressed it there, then the lights would go out. And that that sounds complicated. It's because it is. And the method itself... um, like if you press any of the lights, it will toggle the adjacent lights. And the goal of the puzzle is to switch all the lights off, preferably in as few button presses as possible. Now, if you went over a certain amount, you wouldn't get credit for winning that particular level. And each level, of course, got progressively harder. And um, the concept was also based around light chasing, which is a, a method similar to uh, Gaussian elimination, which it always solves the puzzle 
if a solution exists, of course, although with the possibility of like a bunch of redundant steps. So as you're trying to solve the puzzle by using elimination, you have to repeat the steps over and over again, eventually. Um, like, okay, for example, um, rows are manipulated uh, one at a time, starting with the top row, and then um, all the lights will be disabled by toggling the adjacent lights in the row directly below, but it doesn't always mean that those toggles will turn those lights off. They'll just either create more lights or push them to a different area. So you have to just keep using this method over and over again to eventually turn all the lights out. Gaussian elimination, by the way, is known as row reduction. It's just an algorithm for like solving linear equations. It, it, that's all it means. I mean, there's no reason to go down that. But it's funny to me as somebody who is okay at math for the most part that this game is essentially a mathematic equation. And I would have never thought that. And um, yeah, I was obsessed with it. I played this for hours, for hours. There's actually a David Buster's game that's similar to this that Brayden and I like that has a lot less buttons, but it's the same premise of putting the lights out as, you know, more. But it's not as it's not as, as rigid as this. That's more or less just like, oh, press these buttons and the lights turn off. Whereas this one is like you have to figure out and decipher a code, an equation, an algorithm. You have to come up with a strategy. And also remember the moves are being counted. The less moves you do, the higher the reward. And the reward is basically like a light pattern. If you get over a certain amount of moves or just the right amount of moves, then the light after you complete that level will just like flash normally. But if you complete it under the set amount of moves, then you get this whole beep, 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 beep celebration where the lights all, you know, flicker and go off. Yeah, so I'm going to very quickly put on lights out, play just the, fr- I'm not going to play the first round. Um, I also did uh, not buy batteries this time. And you're like, why? And I'm like, I want the full 90s experience where I ran around my house looking for other... Ba- oh, whoa. It lives. Um, went around my house looking for batteries to put into it, hoping that they're not dead. So this is what the, the starting screen looks like. I'm showing the camera uh, on YouTube. I released the clip, of course. And it's just a cross in the middle of this 5x5 five five grid. The buttons are on the right-hand side underneath that actually allow you to select different modes of the game. Top button is on-off, of course. Then there's a start button. Then there's a sound button, which was came in very handy when your parents were telling you to go to sleep. And you're, <laughs> I would stay up. I would turn on the lights out before my parents told us to go to bed. Keep it near my bed. Then be told to go to sleep. Then turn the sound off. Then press all the lights on and use that to read books. I'm reading books by a red light. There's no way my eyes are not bleeding. That's insane. My eyes were murked that way. That's why I wear glasses now. Murked, I say. Brian, you know what to do. Let's see. And then there's help in case you were stuck on a puzzle. I don't think, I think you can only use help up to like the third level. Let's start this off. Okay. So now, yeah, it shows the first flashing level by having the top uh, left light button flash to indicate, all right, we're off. And the first puzzle in the midst of this five by five grid are three dots, three lights uh, illuminated, equidistant from each other in the very, like one's in the center and the other two are on the left and right hand sides towards the edge of the grid. This one I remember very easily. Wait, maybe I don't. Wait, I don't think I remember it. <laughs> don't remember it. Oh, man, hold on. I've already gotten lost with how to play this game. The hubris, as always. I'm now trying to actually press these buttons to figure out how to win this game, and I just don't remember at all. My goodness. I bet this one is pressing random buttons. I know you guys can hear this over the podcast, but it's okay. It's a mixture of things. One being the fact that I'm talking to you while doing it. So it's actually your fault. And I'm a key proponent in blaming somebody else for your own shortcomings. For your shortcomings. See the Jamaican accents coming out again? And number two is that like, 
I'm overthinking it already because I'm I'm feeling like I should do this very quickly for some reason. And so it's it's making me <laughs> I'm like give myself anxiety about it. Boom boom. I'm now trying to play this. See, I'm pressing the pad. I'm saying C with like it's not a podcast. So every time you press it, the noise you're hearing is that the lights are splitting and becoming not even a pattern, they're just becoming a, a problem. Okay, I'm gonna need help. <laughs> okay, I press the help button. So it's showing me where to press first. Okay. Got it. So I need to press under one of the buttons on the opposite side of the center button. And that made, yes, that made it all work out perfectly. Okay. That's enough of that for Lights Out. Okay. So Lights Out was a phenomenal toy. I loved it. I played with it for many years. Clearly, I mean, I already almost got sucked in just now. If I wasn't talking to you dregs of society, I would have beaten it. That's like the, that's like the person who's like, like when something happens, they always have a million excuses as to why they failed at this task. Like, oh, if it wasn't for, you know, the universe collapsing in upon itself, I probably would have, you know, been God Emperor of all creation. Oh, no. Okay. So I opened up my, <laughs> my quiz whiz to find, looks like battery acid debris. I mean, they never say it on boxes when you first get things that, hey, at some point, if you're not using this machine, it will erode. And that's due to the sulfuric acid of battery. Is it sulfuric acid? Is it? I feel like I should know that. So I can point it in my face as something that I know that people don't know. So I'm going to try and use a post-it to clean this out. I'm sure it's fine. I feel like that's what people say before something terrible happens. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Your tire is barely on. Ah, I'm sure it's fine. I don't know, man. That shelf doesn't look like it's actually secure against the wall. Ah, it's fine. Do you hear what happened to them? No, what happened? Was it shelf-related? You know it was shelf-related. Wait, how'd you know it was shelf-related? Did you know something? That's how you get accused. Okay, let's see if this works. Quiz Wiz now. First of all, I thought that a quiz, for my limit, for my research, it said Quiz Wiz came out in 1993. I'm sorry, 97. I realized I might have looked at a Quiz Wiz and somebody just said, oh yeah, I'm selling mine from 97. Okay, so I put in batteries. There's a whole lot of battery acid everywhere. How's that battery acid inside of this thing? So Quiz Whiz, it was uh, like a handheld trivia game. And it's a computer, oh, actually the actual site says it's a computerized question and answer game that challenges you with 1,001 questions. That's such a 90s thing to do. Just give you a weird number. Like I couldn't just do a thousand. They just have, it's a thousand and one questions. Like that last question is going to put you over the top. Like if you <laughs> if you got a thousand wrong, you get one question. It gives you a thousand and two points. So you win the game anyway. I, like that's just a little, I just, I've always hated that. Tiger uh, made three notable cartridge-based games. And of course, well, the first was boom, the Quiz Whiz, a highly popular interactive quiz game. Players inserted a cartridge, which they had different uh, cartridges. I actually had two. One I found at a garage sale and the one that came with it, which was just general knowledge. The one at the garage sale was like 2000s rock and roll. No. <laughs> In the... <laughs> In the 90s, when I got my Quiz Whiz, I went to a garage sale and found a Quiz Whiz game that said 2000s rock and roll. And I bought it. Yeah, it was real weird. I didn't even use any of the knowledge that I gained because I didn't know anything because it hadn't happened yet. So I was just sitting there like, what? Who's, who is Dave Grohl? I, wh- who's Mark Hoppus? Who, who's, I was going to say, uh, the lead singer from The Used to try and uh, excite my producer but I don't think that's the band that he likes. No, now I'm going off the rails. Who cares? Who cares what he likes? <laughs> Who 
Who cares what my producer likes? Who cares what my boss likes? Shout out to People's Media. By the way, follow People's Media on Instagram at People's Media Network uh, for all of our shows. Ours, like I have anything to do with it. All of the shows that we have on the network. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. So please follow that. That's a little bit of shilling in between. Um, as I try to figure out this quiz with. All right. So it came with a cartridge and it played using a corresponding quiz book. And of course, the commercial was, you got to have a quiz whiz to be a wise guy, which makes me think that all the wise guys in the mafia and mafia movies and things like that, they must have all owned quiz whizzes. Just walk around. Hey, you know the quiz whiz, eh? What are you doing? Forget about it. I got a quiz whiz. What else? I got a cannoli. Wait, why'd you get both? Because you got to get a quiz whiz to be a wise guy. I don't really know many mafia people. I'm assuming that's how it went. Also, I'm pretty sure that impersonation just blew out. Uh, Brian Speakers. So the quiz was, I don't remember how to play the game. <laughs> I'm looking at this thing. The layout is as follows. There's a numerical pad, which is 789-456-1230. So it's based on like a phone numerical pad or from, you know, the era. Then next to that are three buttons. One is a rectangle, says start. Then there's a triangle, says enter. And a circular, like an oval button, says clear. And then next to that is a in circular formation, but split into almost like pizza slices, A, B, D, and C in clockwise order. And so I'm guessing the A, B, C, and D is how you select which answer from, because it's a trivia question, from the actual uh, game. Start is to start. Enter, I guess, is to enter your answer. And clear is to, I guess, clear off the whole game. The number pad you would use to select which question it was. And then... Next to the number pad is yes, which is a green light, and no, which is a red light. Because, you know, got to keep it basic. Let's see. Oh, there we go. So it's working. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Let's try. Oh, I had a 90-day limited warranty. You think they'll honor it? I feel like they will. I feel like they should. I'm going to call Mr. John L. Electronic. And say, Mr. Electronic, can you... Oh, your sample quiz question. Okay, here's the question. What sport made Brazil's Pele world famous? Choice answers. A, soccer. Oh, they gave me the answer already. Correct answer. B, cricket. C, tennis. And D, track. Press start button, turn on your quiz whiz. Done. Press the clear key. Done. Enter the question number you want to answer by pressing the number of keys. If you make a mistake, press clear and start again. Okay. To choose your answer, press the answer selection key that you think designates the answer. If you make a mistake, press clear and you can answer again. Oh, press the enter key. If your answer is correct, the green light will go on. The electronic voice will announce you are correct. If the answer is incorrect, the red light will go on and will embarrass you in front of your friends and family. Whoa, that's like a dark turn. Also, if you're playing with another person, usually a male, and they get it right, and you're also a male, and you get it wrong, he then owns all of your things, including your family. Huh. Wow. Quizwiz was playing for keeps back in the day. Well, okay, well, wait one second between choosing answers so that Quizwiz can catch up to you. How fast are they gonna play this Quizwiz? Quizwiz, you saucy minx. Try another question to start over. <laughs> try another question to start over the next question plus clear. Okay. Your Quizwiz will automatically shut off after about three minutes of non-use. This is all in caps. So I'm gonna back up all that screaming so I don't blow the mics out. Now you're ready to see how many of those thousand and one questions you can answer with Quizwiz! That was all in caps, Brian. I had to yell it. It was also boldened and and had an exclamation point at the end. He's going to be like, you know what? I know you think this is funny. And he's going to take a puff of his cigarette. 
or I don't know, drink his latte or I don't know, finish the human sacrifice he's performing, but it's not funny. And I'll say nay. I think it's hilarious. Okay, let's try this first question. Okay, one, let's say the NBA star who also answers to the name of Dr. J. I'm going to say, okay, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, JoJo White, Julius Irving, or Michael Jordan. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Answer A, start. Oh. Oh, wait. Is it Julius Irving? Ah, it was Julius Irving. I didn't know that. I don't know basketball. Sports trivia. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Let's go to, uh, let's go more my alley. Let's go more my alleyway. Of course, the first question, the first thing would be wrong. Movies. Yeah, because if you know me, I'm kind of a cinephile. I'm also an Anglophile because I love British culture. Well, yeah, I love British culture. Okay. Oh, man, I forgot. This is this was a game made in the 90s. So these movies are going to be like from the 70s and 80s. Oh, the first thing. And what movie did Tom Cruise gain attention by singing a Bob Seger song in his underwear? Oh, maybe it won't be that hard. Okay. A, all the right moves. B, risky business. C, Top Gun. Or D, The Outsiders. Come on, it's risky business, baby. B. Ah, there you go. This thing is struggling. This game is struggling right now to just exist. It's it's like I woke up a very elderly person and was like, come on, let's go run this marathon real quick. And they're like, what? what? Also, there'll be cameras. I'll be streaming it. And it's going to be a podcast. And to which this point, the old person has already gone back to sleep and is no longer listening to me. That's what playing with this quiz was is like. It's like getting an older person to run a marathon in the middle of the day. What comedy team earned its fame in silent movies? Abbott and Costello, Cheech and Chong, Jim and Tammy, or Laurel and Hardy? I want to say... It was Laurel and Hardy, D. Oh, Abbott and Costello, A. Oh, Jim and Timmy? I don't know who that was. Whatever, the game, the, the question was stupid anyway. Okay. He was TV's Opie before becoming the director of such movies as Willow and Backdraft. Oh, I know this. A, Kurt Russell, B, Rob Reiner, C, Steven Spielberg, or D, Ron Howard. Come on, buddy. That's D, Ron Howard. Wait. What? No. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I think I think might have broken this thing. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. I think I might have gotten that. Hold on. Okay, let's see. <laughs> I think the two's not working. Let's try 90. Okay. Yeah, the two's not working. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So I had that question correct because it is Ron Howard who was Opie in The Andy Griffith Show. I don't know why I'm saying this. So matter of fact, like anybody who's disputing me besides this old equipment from the 90s that I fished out of a box, threw batteries in it, barely cleaned the acid out of it, and I'm angry at it for some reason. But, you know, it's my way. Or there's a highway next to my house, and you may feel free to take it. Probably back to your house, where you may have a lovely night. This threat just lost itself. Anyway, moving on. We're only going to do a couple more of those because I have to wrap it up soon. Uh, she was TV's Laverne before becoming the director of such movies as Big and Awakenings. Oh, I know that. That Okay. A, Lucille Ball. B, Sydney Williams. C, Penny Marshall. Or D, Loretta Swift. That is C, Penny Marshall. Okay. What actor does Marathon Man, Tootsie, and Hook have in common? 
Dabney Coleman, B. Robin Williams, C. Tom Hanks, or D. Dustin Hoffman? That is going to be D. Dustin Hoffman. Wow. So the four doesn't work either? There we go. Okay, there we go. Now let's try this again. D. Okay, so I got it, guys. You got to press the button very, very hard. Like, jam it. Um, which means that it's working perfectly. Okay. What animated Disney movie invites viewers to wish upon a star? A, Peter Pan. B, Pinocchio. C, Jungle Book. Or D, The Little Mermaid. Wait a minute. Got to press on the 95 first. Um, is that Peter Pan? When? Oh, no, I'm not singing that. I'm not getting flagged by Disney. What? So they come kick my doors down, take my son, take all his gear, take you guys for watching it. We all get locked up in that dungeon underneath Disney. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Are you out of your minds for suggesting that? You want me to sing a Disney song on here? I got copyright for my own songs on YouTube. You think I'm going to? You guys are out of your mind. But I like you, though. You're crazy, but I like you. Wait, what? It wasn't Peter Pan? Oh, it was Pinocchio. Nah, I should have known that. Wait, should I know that? Whatever. Which of these actors was not one of the coast, but the coast busters? <laughs> Guys who chill up and down the coast like, hey man. A, Dan Aykroyd. B, Chevy Chase. C, Bill Murray. Or D, Harold Ramis. Which one of them was not a Ghostbuster? Oh, of course. B, uh, Chevy Chase. Okay, moving on. In what movie did Eddie Furlong make his debut? Wow. A, Lethal Weapon 3. B, Terminator 2. C, Kindergarten Cop. Or D, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Eddie Furlong, he played John Connor in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which was in our last episode. Go check out. It wasn't in it. I referenced it during. Well, no, it wasn't it. It was. If you like Terminator 2 Judgment Day, it was all over that episode. So go listen to it. Wink, wink, nudge. Wink, nudge. Nudge. Maybe. No, definitely be Terminator 2. B. Ah, there we go. Okay. Marion Morrison was the real name of what Hollywood legend? A, Mae West, B, John Wayne, C, Betty Davis, or D, Marilyn Monroe? I want to say, because no Norma Jean was, Norma something was Marilyn Monroe. It's either Mae West or Betty Davis. I think Betty Davis was her real name or whatever. John Wayne, no. Maybe it was John Wayne that threw me off. All right, I'm going to try A, Mae West. Oh, it was John Wayne. They threw me off because I thought of a woman with that. Ah, wow, quiz whiz. Wow. Okay. Number 99. That's the last one we're going to do because I got to wrap this episode up. It's been going a little long already. Uh, what unlikely role did Whoopi Goldberg have in the movie Sister Act? A, truck driver, B, senator, C, detective, D, none. Oh, come on. Come on. None to Sister Mary Clarence. All right. So, whew, wow. Having done that, that was quite the odyssey. We're going to wrap this one up very quickly to not drag it out. That's what that means. Why did I like these Tiger Electronics games? Because they were different from the video games of the time. They weren't just jumping on somebody's head. They weren't those sprites you were going back and forth with. These were actual stimulating games, and I love it to this day. I'm actually going to continue to use these games and not take the batteries out. Because unlike the Gigapet, which is still right here next to me, these games I can't see. I just dropped it. I can't see them running out of... of Steam, especially if I get more of these quiz books or continue to play Lights Out. And now would they sit there and be like, you know, something I want to invest a lot of my time in? No, but for like, you know, 
something to pass the time. Absolutely. I can see why I liked it back then because I, I, I of course, as I was an adult, I was as a kid, I just loved to experience more things and constantly be stimulated. So I could absolutely see why I was a fan of it. And I think they still hold up. I absolutely think Quiz Whiz and Lights Out, well, Lights Out still exists in Light, Dave and Buster's essentially, just in a different form. And Quiz Whiz, this trivia, trivia is never going to go out of style, no matter what happens. So that will always be something that people like, especially at bars drunk at about two o'clock in the morning when no one really knows the answer. So they'll Google it on their phone. Anyway, I have been the nefarious Mike A. Sims. Remember to follow me on TikTok and Instagram at M-I-K-E-A-S-I-M-M-S. That's at Mike A. Sims. Of course, follow us at, at People's Media Network. That's P-E, that's People's, People's Media Network. One word at, of course, on Instagram for other shows that we have. Check those out, of course. Listen to all the past episodes in the archive. Remember to go on Apple and Spotify, rate, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Check me out on YouTube as well. Mike A. Sims, X Mike Versus. That's X M I C space B E R S Y S. Or just put in Mike A. Sims, you'll find me. The handle should also be coming up soon. Love you guys very much. I've been the Nefarious Mike A. Sims, and I will see you on the flip side of humanity. 